Good morning. Glad you're here this morning. The uh, I believe I'm, I'm trying to think of a name. I'm not standing here for loss of words. I can't think of his name, but. Uh, it may have been R.A. Tory that said that you can be as straight as a gun barrel and as empty as one too. <laughs> and it's good to come to a place where that the Spirit of God you can feel and experience in a service. Um, I'm not talking about a charismatic movement that is out of control that draws um, to to the individual. I'm talking about God moving in a service. And Marty said something this morning in our meeting. Um, we meet every Sunday morning and have prayer before church and the revival that we're experiencing. If you don't understand that folks in this baptistry and at this altar every week trusting Christ and getting baptized is part of a revival in this church you've got a problem because I'll fill you in on something what we experience doesn't happen everywhere and God blesses us and you want to know why because you pray and we expect it I don't come to church and not expect somebody to get saved. I expect somebody to get saved in a service. And when it doesn't happen, then I start looking for what is the problem. You know, is there sin in the camp? Is there something we're not doing right? Are we not reaching out to the lost and bringing them to the church? And so that's, uh, you know, please enjoy what you have. And be thankful for it is, I guess, is my my message there this morning. It's good to be back. Linda and I celebrated our thirty seventh anniversary um, last week. Yeah, uh, I posted uh, on Facebook thirty seven years, um, three kids and their spouses. Uh, four grandkids and we've been in 14 different houses that she has painted by the way I, I um which includes 14 times moving and she's still here so it's a that's amazing god has blessed us we've visited um all 50 states uh been to 10 or 12 foreign countries uh around the world and we love to travel and we uh we plan on retiring and visiting a lot of other places um around the world we're in fact going to greece in 2024 and if you'd like to go with us we're going to get to experience some of paul's travels in greece and athens and crete and ephesus and two or three other places i can't even remember them all but um we're, I say all that to say we're blessed. And then this morning, um, just we know we're appreciated and we're thankful 
for all that you do and Dan for your comments. This morning I'm going to continue in the series The Holy Spirit, um, where not where Michael left off. He left off with the Holy Spirit being our helper. Um, this morning we're going to talk about the fruit of the Spirit. Um, what what do we see from a from a Christian tree, so to speak, that is growing out from you that people can see that the Holy Spirit has come to live inside of you. I want to read, it's rather lengthy, 10, ten verses in Galatians, um, Galatians chapter 5, if you want to find it in your Bible, on your phone, on your iPad, or you can just look on the board, they'll put it up for us. We're reading from the New King James this morning, and um, please follow along. Galatians 5, beginning with verse 16. I say then, hmm, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lust against the Spirit. Your flesh butts head with the Holy Spirit in your Christian walk. For the flesh lusts against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh And these are contrary to one another, so that you do not do the things that you wish. Pretty strong language. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. And now the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, adultery, Idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealous, uh, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, discussions, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the like of which I tell you beforehand, just as I also told you in times past, that those who practice or you might, your Bible might say continue, but those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. <clears throat> and those who are Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit, and let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. When I was a child, we had this great big book. We called it a catalog. You found it in two places at my grandmother's house. Um, one was in a one-room building that was at the end of the path out behind their house. (laughs) The other one, the other place you found that catalog um, was on a reading stand. I don't know if your grandparents had reading stands, but they had reading stands beside my grandfather's chair. It it was a little thing that, that... I don't know, it was open and magazines and books and things were down in it. And in that stand, um, you, you, us kids would get that catalog out 
and circle things. Uh, once a year, you always had a pennies catalog, but once a year, sometimes in, I don't know, October, November, you started getting this one that was great big and thick. It was a Christmas catalog. And every kid, in, in I mean, my goodness, my grandparents, uh, I, I can't even count. I, it'd take me too long to stop and think. But all of us grandkids would get in that cat- Sears and Roebuck catalog and circle things that we wanted for Christmas. It's kind of like your uh, Amazon list now. You, you all got Am- my kids, my grandkids in uh, every day. I see something pop up on a, uh, an email that says, you know, here's something, Papa, you can get us for, for Christmas on an Amazon list. But it, we circled that catalog. And when I read this passage, that's what come to my mind is, wow, what a catalog of sins that Paul identifies here. And beginning in verse 22, he identifies a list of the fruit of the Spirit. Let me say here as kindly and gently, you know that's the way I am, I'm sure, Um, as kindly and as gently as I can, what God's Word names as sin is not for me, any other person, any other preacher, pope, or anyone else to explain away as sin. If God names it, he owns it. And the sins named here are just a few uh, that you will find in, in the Bible. There are additional lists to add to God's catalog of sin. Mark chapter 7 verses 20 through 23 adds to that list. Romans chapter 1 Verses 29 through 32 adds to that list. 1 Timothy, Paul adds to that list in chapter 1, verses 9 and 10. 2 Timothy, chapter 3, verses 2 through 5 is added to that catalog of sins. And they pretty much cover all the deceitful, desperately wicked activities that any and all of us have or could be involved in. He talks about adultery. He talks about premarital sex. He talks about any other sensual or sexual sins of the flesh that we can dream up. He talks about unclean and lewd acts that knows no shame. We live in a generation right now that knows no shame. And and Paul identifies that. He talks about drunkenness. He talks about orgies. He talks about idolatry. And he talks about witchcraft. He talks about jealousy is mentioned and selfishness and murder and envy and blaspheming and our cursing and pride, and gossip, and backbiting. He talks about boasters. He talks about being disobedient to parents. He talks about and mentions lovers of money. He talks about unforgiving spirits and slanderers, those that are despisers of good and lovers of pleasure 
more than lovers of God. He talks about sodomites, which is speaking about homosexuality. He talks about kidnappers, liars, thieves, perjurers, and profanity. Anything else you've done that I haven't mentioned? I, I don't know. Maybe somebody, you know, wants <laughs> You know, I, I should have known somebody. I, I figured you'd raise your hand. Yeah, I got one. But, but they're all named. And, and you name it, it's in there. So God has this catalog or this exclusive list of our sins that we commit. And please let me explain to you. One may have different effects, but if you're involved in sin, it's sin no matter which one of those it is. And for us to say, well, that's a whole lot worse than that is, well, that's obvious. If you go out and murder somebody, it's worse than me telling a fib. That, that, that doesn't, there's common sense involved in that because the ramifications and the repercussions, repercussions of it is a whole lot different. But it's still sin no matter what it is in God's eyes. And it doesn't make you better because you commit this or because you commit this. We're all sinners in God's eyes, and, and, and he's covered it. And so a complete list of things that a Christian, one that has put their faith and trust in Christ, he says cannot overcome with self-will. Christians cannot self-will to overcome your flesh and you listen, because I didn't write it, I'm just going to read it to you again. So that you do not do the things that you wish. You ever wish you didn't do some of the things you do? Huh? I mean, we all do. I wish I had control over that. Well, we're going to talk to you about how to get control over it this morning. But... If you compare that and you go to Romans chapter 7 and Paul, we'll put it up what Paul said there along with this. It said he, he and, and notice this is a Christian. You're, you're talking about an apostle talking here. He said, for the good that I will to do, I will, I'm going to do this. I'm going to get control. The will that I, I will to do, the good that I will to do, I do not do. <laughs> That's the Apostle Paul talking. But the evil, all that list that I just read, the evil I will not to do, that I, what? Practice. <laughs> That's interesting. Interesting to you? It's interesting to me that he'd say, I practice these things. Because right above there, he said, if you practice these things, you will not inherit the kingdom of God. Hmm. Folks, I want you to put in context who's telling us that. Probably one of the greatest Christians of all times as far as being a witness and traveling about as an evangelist, he wrote at least half and maybe more of the New Testament. And he's talking about himself, a saved individual, an apostle, a Christian. So the, 
Don't, you know, if you're a self-righteous hypocrite, don't tell me that I never sin. Because Paul says, the good that I will to do, I do not. And the evil that I will not to do, that I do. In fact, I practice it. He says otherwise. We're, We're not perfection. And I'm, I don't know about you, but I've always had the attitude, let God be true and every man a liar. Absolutely. Amen. God's children sin. Amen. Come on. But I want you to look what Paul says in verse 21. Just as I also told you in times past, that those who practice or continue in such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Now, I don't know. I'm one of these type guys that stands up and says there is not one contradiction in this book. It's all true from Genesis 1-1 to Revelations 22. It's all true. Last verse. Nowhere in it will you find a contradiction. It's smarter than science, and everything it says overrides science. But now that sounds like a contradiction to me and leaves us in a pickle. When he says, if you practice these things, you're not going to heaven when you die, and yet he says, I practice the evil that I wish I didn't do. So let's sort out the truth this morning of what Paul is saying and and see if we can wrap our heads around what he's actually trying to get across to us. Our flesh is sinful. And just because you bow your head and kneel at an altar or at your bedside, or driving down the road, and say the sinner's prayer, and ask God to forgive you of your sin, and come into your heart and save you, does not mean you get up and live perfect. We have a sinful nature that we inherited from Adam and Eve, and we are as saved individuals... Followers of Christ are in a war that he states here that our flesh battles against the Spirit of God and the will of God in our lives. It's a constant battle. Butting heads. We have this sinful nature that the Holy Spirit of God convicts us of our sinful nature and the things that we're doing. And when you read this, he's not denying that we can have victory. He is simply pointing out we cannot win victory in our own strength by our own will. I can't will this to happen that's what he said the things that I will I, 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 I will to do good and yet I don't do it I will not to do bad and I still practice it so 
What is he saying? If that's the case, he's saying the solution is not, it's not to pit your will against the flesh. But if you take everything in these ten verses in context, it is to surrender our will to the Holy Spirit. Verse 18, but if you are led by the Spirit. Verse 25, if you live in the Spirit. Verse 24, if you walk in the Spirit and crucify the flesh. Galatians 2.20, which is uh, just a a few verses down, it, 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 it states, listen closely, it is not I, but Christ that lives in me. You have got to get to a place in your Christian walk, if you're going to have victory over the sin in your life, to start trusting the Holy Spirit instead of trying. Surrendering, asking, seeking the Holy Spirit's help as Michael preached last week. The Holy Spirit, when given control, is your helper to to keep you from falling to temptation and and to overcome the trials in life that just so, so easily set us back in our walk. If... If God's Holy Spirit is given control of our lives, He will bear fruit in your life. He produces it, and He's the one that bears it, not us. We must surrender control of our lives and die to flesh. I want to read all of Galatians 2.20. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I still live. He wasn't talking a physical crucifixion. He's talking about, I got saved and I'm crucified and I'm showing it by water baptism, buried in his likeness. Why do we say that? Buried in his likeness, raised to walk in newness of life. We're crucified With Christ, nevertheless I live, yet not I, but Christ lives in me. That's why we stress to you that the Holy Spirit of God comes to live inside of you at the time of salvation. You say, I don't understand that, it doesn't make sense. Natural person doesn't understand it. But if you're a Christian, you trusted Christ, you understand it because there's a difference and you know there's a difference. You hear and feel things that you didn't hear and feel before. That still small voice inside of you is like, what in the world are you doing that for? You'll let out a big long oath of some of these things that was in that list and he'll say, you know better than that. Your mama taught you better than to say those kind of words. Amen or oh me. 
That's that still small voice. That's that Holy Spirit that lives inside of you. And he speaks to you. And your baptism is a picture, a time when you come uh, and, and move forward as a crucified individual in your flesh. I'm dying to self. I'm crucifying my earthly desires. I'm giving up all my worldly desires, the things that, that just have control over my life, that destroy my self-worth. And every morning, when you get out of bed, before you set your feet on the floor, your first prayer that day, it ought not be, I hope there's eggs and bacon downstairs and pancakes or whatever your fancy is, your very first thought in the morning ought to be, Holy Spirit of God, dear God, crucify my flesh in me today. I surrender my life today. I surrender my, my will to your will today. Holy Spirit of God, please help me not to do the things that I would do, but to do the things that I should do as led by your Spirit. Give the Holy Spirit control. That's what surrender looks like. That's what being crucified to self looks like, is you submit yourself daily to do His work, to bear, to, so that He can bear fruit in you. Amen. Blessing, Lord. What is God's fruit? What's that look like when we say fruit? Well, let me, let, let, me, let me identify two aspects here. The fruit of a Christian is another Christian. Okay? You're... Uh, you're witnessing to someone. You're leading your friends to Christ. You're bringing your unsafe friends to church. You're bringing your unsafe parents, your family to church. That's the fruit of a Christian. But the fruit of the Spirit is a totally different thing. And it's defined here to us. What a Christian looks like is what he's saying. What grows from your tree when you go, I, I was raised on a farm. We had a peach orchard. We had an apple orchard. We had plums and pears. We had all kinds of stuff in our orchard. We had berries, and, and we were made to work like dogs in the summertime in a garden. And all these things had fruit. And we didn't expect to see apples growing from a peach tree. We didn't expect... Hatred and adultery and all those other sins to be growing from a Christian tree either. What we're expected or what we should see if you read through this is God calls it fruit. And fruit, let me say, is not a to-do list or a not-to-do list. You don't find a list of things here that you should or should not be doing. You know, I don't smoke and chew. I don't run with those that do. That, I didn't see that in there. 
All that is good and great. But let me tell you, that's not the fruit of the Spirit. And those things that are on your to-do list will be taken care of if you're producing the fruit that Paul identifies here in this passage. I, I'm, I'm partial to a verse, John 13, 35, where, John, where, where Jesus wrote it. John just wrote it down. Jesus said it. By this shall all men know you're my disciples. I don't smoke and chew. I don't run with those that do. That's his next words? No. I go to church. I wear a suit. I carry the biggest Bible. I didn't in there either. All good things, maybe. Not being critical, I'm just being factual. What is there, it says, that if you love one another. The first fruit of the Spirit that folks are going to see growing from your life is love. It's going to be a change of heart. I I spoke to someone the other evening and they said, man, I can just feel a difference over me once I I trusted Christ. I've had a change of heart. That's because the Holy Spirit comes to live inside of you and the fruit of the Spirit is love, not hate, not vengeance, not envy, not strife, not getting even. That's your old flesh that's butting heads with the Spirit of God. That's your old nature. But verse 22 says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. There's another catalog and laundry list, isn't it? Against such there is no law. And when your heart changes and you bow your head and you, you stand whatever, however you've done it, whenever you ask Christ and you put your faith in Jesus, your heart changes from bitterness to love. And that you know the Holy Spirit is living in you and coming out and working through you. You will experience joy. I'm not talking happiness. I'm talking joy. There's a difference. Joy is an inner peace. Love, joy, inward peace. A holy optimism is, is a good way to describe it. The, that, that God, the Holy Spirit, is changing you inside out. You can put on an outward change, but God puts on an inward change. He changes you inside out. And and when your heart, you you ask Christ to come into your heart and forgive you of your sins, you, you will start experiencing a difference. And you want to know, the after those first three things, which is kind of Godward, you know, you have love, joy, peace. It's something that God controls within your heart. The difference is that you'll 
treat fellow man different. And that's the next three ones. Long-suffering, kindness, goodness. Well, you know what so-and-so did? I don't hear long-suffering. Well, they've done it the third time. Long-suffering. Gentleness. Kindness. Instead of, you know what so-and-so did, you'll be saying, man, I'm glad God gave me grace when I used to act that way. And I'm going to give a little bit of grace and mercy over here to them. And I'm going to love them. I'm going to put my arm around and say, is there anything I can do to help you? Is there anything I can do to be encouragement? While you're wallowing down there in that pig pen? Do I need to get in there and help you out? Love, joy, peace. You'll start experiencing long-suffering, kindness, goodness, gentleness towards your fellow man. And as the inside changes, the way you treat people on the outside changes. And you're different and people see it. He's not here this morning, but his wife, one of his kids is sitting here. Had a man trust Christ standing back there in the back and he said, he, he, he testified, he told, me, he told me that same day. He said, do you have control over that one vent right back there? I said, what? He said, you turned the heat up during the invitation. I said, that was the Holy Spirit of God working on you, brother. <laughs> I said, he may have control over that vent, but I ain't got control. Two or three weeks after that, we were talking And he said, I don't know what you've done to me. I said, I, first of all, let's get this straight. I didn't do nothing. Amen. He said, but everybody says they see a change in my life. He said, I ain't changed anything. I said, that's God's coming to live inside of you that's affecting the outside of you. You didn't whitewash over your sin. You had your sin forgiven. <laughs> and God's mercy and grace shows through love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, kindness. He said, I, I even enjoy reading that Bible that you give me. <laughs> As the inside changes, the way you treat people changes and the outside changes and you're different and people see it. 
and you love, you have joy, you have peace, you have tranquility, you start treating those around you differently, and then you have these selfward qualities that changes also. Faithfulness. Self-control. Gentleness. Meekness. Humility. It's power and authority under control is what it amounts to. The Holy Spirit's power gets you under control from the inside out. And it's meekness, not weakness, by the way. It's looking more like Jesus daily. When the Holy Spirit produces fruit in you. And, and, and let, let me just stop right here. God gets the glory. Amen. And, and the Christian is not conscious of his spirituality. There is none of this drowning. Walking around with your nose up in the air. It just shows. It's called your light shining. And others see Christ in you. And, and you're not even conscious of your spirituality. But if you're proud and pleased and blessed and looking for compliments all the time, be careful. That may be your flesh at work instead of the Holy Spirit of God. You see, fruit is produced to be eaten, not to be admired and put on display. You set a big apple out, I want the thing, I, I don't want to sit and look at it. <laughs> Christ might be glorified so that others feed off of your actions, your life change. They want what you have. Amen. Because Christ is being glorified. We bear fruit that others might be fed. It, it, this flesh cannot bear fruit. It's God's fruit shining through you by the Holy Spirit. And, and, and that's what brings glory to God. People see the change in your life. You might have been a liar, cheater, a thief, and a stealer. But when you get saved, gradually, you quit practicing those sins because the Holy Spirit helps you because you're surrendering to Him and He starts living Christ's life through you and it brings glory to God. And it encourages the person sitting beside of you, across the aisle, across the street, around the corner, on the block you live, because they say, if you can do it, maybe I can do it. Amen. I'd like to have that. I don't enjoy living the life I'm living. I can't stand the chains that hold me down, the bondage of the sin that's inside of me.
It's one reason I worry about and wonder about people that keep their to-do list or their to-don't list. All they have is a bunch of boxes that they've checked off. Living a life of turmoil, upheaval, still grouchy and mean. (laughs) Say and talk the Christianese language. I'd be checking up on myself if I wasn't showing fruit of the Spirit. Wondering if what I have was Mama called and Papa sent. By this shall all men know you're my disciples. What's your fruit look like? What's growing on your tree? Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, kindness, self-control. Aha! Has the light come on this morning? You better examine yourself. Check your fruit. Settle this morning if you are not bearing fruit. You may not be saved. I'm not saying you're not. I said you may not. And you definitely, I can say with confidence, if you're not bearing fruit, you're not controlled or surrendered to the Holy Spirit of God. Settle it clearly and forever that the flesh can never bear this fruit. You can never attain these things by your own self-willed effort. They are fruit of the Holy Spirit that lives in you. You will attain through surrender and submission, giving the Holy Spirit control of your life and dying to self, dying to Christ daily. Crucify yourself. How does that resonate with you? (laughs) When's the last time you prayed that prayer? Are you still practicing, continuing without change? I've said it once, I've said it a hundred times, I've said it a thousand times. There's two sure-fired ways to know you're saved. Two. You're either going to experience change in your life or you're going to experience the chastening of God. Because He's going to constantly be convicting you and chasing after the child of God to change your life through the fruit of the Spirit. I spent, and I'll close, um, I spent 21 years after associate pastor, youth director, all these different titles. I had more titles than you'd find written. I just 
But I spent 21 years out of church before I came here. Never one day in 21 years did the Holy Spirit of God not chase after me. Never one day in 21 years did the Holy Spirit of God not whisper, Why are you acting that way? I had people that I worked with. One of them, Fred, was here not long ago. He said, I should have known you were a Christian by the way you treated people. You were always honest and wanted the best for your employees. What is that? The fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, and peace in here comes out as long-suffering gentleness, kindness out here. 